0: Hello and welcome to the Headache Doctor podcast. I'm Doctor Taves, and I'm joined again by my co-host, Doctor Storzbach. Thanks for being on the show, Doctor Storzbach.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: And uh, today's podcast, we're we're excited again, as always. We love talking about headaches and migraines. But what we're going to talk about is how stress plays into headaches and migraines. Now, I'm sure you, the listener, like stress. I'm not really, I'm not really sure what stress is. I've never had stress. Um, if, if actually that is you, I'd love to meet you because I'm sure you have an amazing life. But <laughs> most of us um, have experienced stress. And then people with headaches and migraines have experienced stress in a way that impacts their headaches uh, or their migraine symptoms. And so what we want to talk about is actually one of the misconceptions that oftentimes our patients' uh, voice or maybe in the healthcare field uh, is explained Two patients that stress can actually cause headaches or migraines, and that word "cause" is thrown around a lot, or maybe it's just assumed with interactions um, with healthcare providers or maybe information on the internet. Uh, and that that word "cause" is rarely the case uh, for symptoms, and especially when it comes to stress. And so we want to break that down and talk about correlation and how stress plays into headaches and migraines, but isn't necessarily the cause. Because if we think things are the cause, um, then we'll pursue correcting those things as, as a form of treatment, and treatment with the intention of addressing the underlying source of pain. And that's that's one of the big things we want to look at and, and get to the bottom of, is what is the source of pain? So is it stress? Is it not stress? How do we manage stress if stress is important? Uh, we're going to go through all that today. So let's start off, Dr. Storzbach, with just going through some of the stats and how stress impacts people with headaches.
1: Yeah, so the research has suggested that stress uh, may be a precursor in as many as 62 to 80% of migraine attacks. Other studies have shown that at least three out of four patients with migraines, both with and without aura, believe that stress has acted as a direct catalyst for their attack. Um, and those with chronic migraines have also reported higher levels of stress, and it shows that psychological anxiety in the several days leading up to a migraine plays an important role in their, the migraine occurrence. Um, you know, lastly, stress can worsen a migraine over time or make it more chronic. So absolutely, the research does show there is a correlation there. But again, it is not the cause.
0: Right. And the this sort of vicious cycle that patients describe where they maybe, maybe initially, well, everyone has stress in their life to some extent. And so they weren't a stranger to stress prior to migraines. But when they have migraines, then they become more stressed mm-hmm. or anxious, mm-hmm. uh, just because one of our, one of the things in our mission is to address this, this fear of your next headache or migraine. And so there's stress that comes with not knowing when your migraine is going to hit mm-hmm. and that, that can, um, <clears throat> impact people in a profound way, but it, it'll increase the level of stress, which then can then have an impact on, on the source of pain for your headaches or migraines and, uh, and then just lead to this cycle. Um, and so a lot of people have, have been impacted by stress as it relates to headaches and migraines. Dr. Storzbach, why don't we talk through what is actually happening? Because I think, and, and and this is sort of true for a lot of situations, but people will say, you know, my, it, it's my stress. It's Mm -hmm. because I was stressed. But what actually is happening when we get stressed? Um, And and let's break that down and then we can talk about how that connects to headaches.
1: Yeah. So actually on our last podcast, we talked about the vagus nerve and the parasympathetic system. So we have an autonomic nervous system that has two parts. The sympathetic, which we also known as fight or flight, and the parasympathetic or the rest and digest. You can think of them kind of like a gas pedal and a brake. And they we need both of them, and they can't be on at the same time. So um, stress, when that happens, that fight or flight cascade events uh, happen, and it's essentially a cascade of hormones that make really rapid changes in the body. Um when a stressful event occurs, your brain actually sends a signal to your amygdala, which is a part of your brain that helps with emotional and fear processing. And then from there, the amygdala sends a signal to the hypothalamus. And that's, think of it like a command center. This starts this hormonal cascade, which then physiologically, like, mobilizes a ton of energy in our body and releases energy. Adrenaline, So therefore, for fight or flight, we're ready to, you know, we're increasing our heart rate, our blood pressure, or even our breathing rate. This actually increases blood flow to our muscles and creates more tension within our muscles in case we need to flee. And um, it dilates our pupils, it increases our mental activity, um, and can increase sweating and even increase digestive enzymes in our stomach. So it has all these really rapid effects uh, physiologically on our system.
0: Yeah. So the, the effects of hormones we've talked about before on this podcast, but this is specific to, uh, stress, adrenaline, and it it affects all these different, uh, systems within our body. Um, and so those, those systems either cater to us, um, being able to, to cope better or worse, they, they sort of impact how we experience pain right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so how how might this affect how our body experiences pain?
1: Well, there's also uh, studies that show, obviously, with the fight or flight, cortisol is released, which can increase some inflammation in the body. So you can imagine a lot of times a precursor of pain is an inflammation in the area. So if we have an inflamed uh, you know part which could be the joint the muscle around the nerve and then we have this cortisol that's released that increases inflammation a little bit more it can actually increase our pain signal to the brain
0: yeah yeah so inflammation and and I like that you brought that out because inflammation is is truly the the signal that initially is releasing, this um, So the signal is sent through these peripheral nerves to the, the central nervous system or the brain, but without inflammation, we don't necessarily experience pain because we have these things called cytokines, um, which are the actual markers of like there is pain in the area uh, of that inflammation process. And um, so having things like cortisol release uh, and adrenaline running through our body that when we are in that fight or flight mode, there's a, there's a a good chance that we could experience pain in a different way, uh, -hmm. and potentially be amplified, um, because of this increase in, in cortisol, uh, or more, more of an awareness of this inflammation, uh, that's running through our system already. And so you're saying the, the, the person that has stress that leads to a headache likely already has an injury or an underlying Mm -hmm. source of inflammation. Mm -hmm. And then they are just sort of more aware of it because of these changes.
1: Yeah. And we can think of it like, we've talked about this before, you know, we all have a pain threshold line and then we also have like a tension line maybe that should sit below that pain line. But say um, we have an event, a stressful event, our pain threshold line can drop or our tension (laughs) you know, elevates. And so those two lines flip. And then that headache that was kind of like simmering underneath that pain threshold line is now a full blown headache.
0: Yeah. Now, when it comes to this, the past 18 months, there have been a lot of reasons for people to be stressed. And actually the American psychology association, uh, did, they do research every year and look at data and pull in, you know, how stressed are people? Um, and what they found is that eight out of 10 adults stated that the coronavirus pandemic had a, was a significant source of stress in their life. Now, there's we've talked about before how when we're, when we're at home on our computers, um, there are things that will impact the level of tension through our neck or our shoulders. Now, this is something else that can play in that can factor into people the last 18 months having an increase in headaches or migraines is the stress associated with uh, the the last 18 months and all that um, this pandemic has brought. And so when we think about, and this happened actually with um, a patient I was talking to uh, this morning, where she had a stressful situation and was trying to evaluate what, like, so it was stressful and there were different components of the situation but she she left and she had a headache, and she was trying to evaluate where did that come from. What was the specific trigger? And so it was stress. It was maybe the the position she was in when she was like having this this conversation. Um, she said she had alcohol, you know, kind of during this this time, not a lot, but but potentially her body was sensitive to that. And so this is one of those things that, when, when people ask, why is this happening to me? Or why did it happen? Why did I get a headache in this moment? They may have had stress as like another layer to whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And maybe we don't acknowledge that stress, but that, that stress was enough combined with whatever else was happening to kind of push us past that threshold line. And that threshold line is really important to understand or think about this concept of if, if we have a tissue that's damaged, our brain can kind of choose to acknowledge it, ignore it, or even be hypersensitive to it, mm-hmm. and how we experience that can differ from person to person, and then it can differ based on how our body is functioning at the time. And so that's that's what we're getting at here uh, when we are dealing with hormones and specifically as they relate to stress. It's it's manipulating that threshold line in our body. Now. The, the impact that stress can have on on muscles and muscle tissue, um, let's talk a little bit about that because um, there is some sort of direct, more direct input that could potentially, uh, we should we could see in like shoulders, you know, things like that when people carry their stress through their shoulders. Mm-hmm. Um, can you speak to that at all, Dr. Storzbach?
1: Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about posture and stress that people hold in their shoulders. Um you know, we kind of have that classic upper trap point that people will rub all the time and say, oh, I feel like my headache's starting here. I, you know, I would argue that that area actually um, can be a trigger for sure of headaches, but is, again, is not the cause. What will happen is you, do might, or you might have some dysfunction in that muscle, you might have a tight band, and our brain has this motor plan of how to use these muscles. Um, but then when we get into a fight or flight state, you're actually gonna be more amped to kind of use the pattern you know and all of a sudden those dysfunctions are gonna be stronger and you're gonna overuse those big those big muscles that are like ready for fight or flight versus like your more relaxed like postural muscles um, and so I think that can play a role
0: yeah so if you think about the the correct posture we should have or if you reach up to the top cabinet to grab that you know special china, or you know, you're know you moving some landscaping material outside, all of these different functions should have a, a specific motor plan where brain is using the muscles in our shoulders and our back and our neck to, to have a very efficient function to it. Uh, now, we have, the brain has all these different muscles to choose from, and so that motor plan should be using the appropriate muscles at the appropriate time. But what can happen and what does happen, and most people experience this, is that we have movements that we repeat over and over and over again daily. And our brain gets so used to those patterns that they become dominant and those muscles become dominant. And we don't teach our body to do the opposite movements. And so when it comes time to like increasing cortisol and adrenaline and having this this amped up like we're, we're ready, we're in this fight or flight state the, the brain almost like thinks, all right, like I have to, I have to get these muscles ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when that, that movement pattern is dysfunctional and maybe increases stress through the upper trap or the levator scapula or these shoulder muscles that then play into the neck, um, it's naturally going to want to sort of like put them on, on like high alert mode. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's likely what's happening when patients say they carry their stress in their shoulders. So why, why is this not causing headaches? I know we touched on it a little bit earlier, but let's just really drive that point home.
1: So here at Novera, we definitely believe that headaches are caused by an upper neck issue, more in the joint area not moving. And therefore, the muscles up there are, are um, trying to get the joint to move and are getting a little bit upset and angry, and then that can also compress around the nerves that feed into the head and face. So we truly believe that we have to assess the upper part of the neck appropriately, get joints moving to lower that tension line I was talking about. So when you do have a triggering event like stress, which is going to happen with life or red wine or what the cheese or whatever else these people say, you know, I think this caused my headache. It wasn't the cause. It is just what sent you you over that pain threshold.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I have a, I have a graphic um, that we can um, at least attach a link to in the in the notes or the description of this podcast, so that you all can can go to the this page on our website or, or find the graphic because it does explain really well how we have a threshold and that can go up and down, and then we have a line of tension and that can go up and down, and when they when the tension line crosses the threshold line. That's when we experience a headache or a migraine. So let's let's maybe give again just some practical like here's here's some things to try at home. What are some really good ways to manage stress if someone finds that they that stress is a common trigger for them?
1: The first thing I would try is actually um, controlling your breath. And I know that sounds a little like out there for some people. Like oh yeah, everyone says just breathe deeply, you'll feel better. But there's actually like physiological reasons for that. Um, our respiratory rate is the only thing we can control in our our nervous system. And so if we can actually slow down our breath and breathe more deeply, we will kind of hack the nervous system in our brain to go, oh, yeah, we should probably we can lower the heart rate and the blood pressure. And you will physically feel that difference between that fight or flight Versus the rest and digest mode. So the first thing you can do if something just triggers you is actually pause and then just go, okay, maybe I'll count five deep breaths and then see how I feel after that. So that's a good place to start. You know, after that, we had just had that podcast on the vagus nerve. There's ways to stimulate your more rest and digest system, you know, simple things like singing and humming and laughing. Um, cold showers is actually one of them. So those are things you can incorporate to help with the stress. And then of course, there's always like mindfulness practices, meditation, yoga, which a lot of people are trying. And I do believe in the power of that, but I also believe that unless we address the dysfunction in your neck, you could do that all day long. It's not going to take away your headache.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So taking away the dysfunction in your neck um, for a lot of people, so that's, that's talking about the tension line in this graphic I described, uh, for a lot of people, it does, it will require a level of hands on physical therapy. Uh, last episode, we talked about our virtual evaluation. And so, but there, there are very practical things that you can do at home. So if you didn't listen to the last episode and you're wondering like, well, if I don't live in state and I want to try to reduce the level of tension through my neck so that I'm not. Always reacting to stress as, as like having a headache or that triggering a migraine. Then I would listen to the last episode because I dive into how our virtual visit is is helpful for people. But what I would suggest and what I'm a, a big fan of is is walking frequently, and then if you can tolerate it, as far as like your neck and headaches, I would say uh, start start having a consistent exercise program. Um, just because if we can it'll actually release endorphins and there will be a pain relieving effect to the exercise itself. Um, It can reduce your need for migraine medications and uh, it'll increase your body's threshold for what you can tolerate for pain. And so if you can find yourself exercising, that's cardio weightlifting um, combination. If you can get your heart rate up two, three plus times a week uh, that can really be helpful. But on a daily basis, just try to get up and walk because um, we talked about the snowball effect. So the, the stress might be something that we can't remove. We can't remove, like, you know, the, the, the boss that is micromanaging um, or, you know, you know, the family member that just won't corop- cooperate during the holidays or maybe you have a coworker that has a different political view or, you know, wh- whatever it is. Um, you, we can't remove that, but what we can control – are how your body physically feels. And and so going on a walk can be a great way to sort of, um, improve motion, get your joints moving, um, allow your muscles to like, you know, know, do things that they don't do when you're sitting all day. Um, and so I'm a big fan of just, of just going on walks. Do you have any other thoughts here, Dr. Storzbach, things that you uh, tell patients?
1: Um, no, I, I know as far as, um, just like, making routines is tough for people or just creating a new habit. And there is some research out there that shows, you know, you have to do something repeatedly for sometimes months on end for it to become more automatic. So it is a tough thing to do. So start small. I tell people make one small goal and that could be a 10 minute walk after dinner, most nights of the week, and like that's where you start. And you'll, you'll already notice an improvement and you know, your symptoms just by that, um within a couple weeks. And then once you're there and it's become more of a habit, then you can start adding more stuff on. Like, okay, actually now I'm gonna go for a twenty minute jog twice a week or whatever that is. But start small, celebrate the small goals um and realize it takes time to develop a new habit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you have it. To summarize, stress is correlated and affects headaches and migraines as a trigger, lowering your body's threshold for pain, maybe increasing the level of tension through those muscles uh, that can impact your neck. But stress alone is not the cause of headaches and migraines. Otherwise, everyone who is stressed would also have headaches. Um, and we just don't see that. Uh, and so if, if you're listening to this and you want to get to the source of pain, reach out to us. Uh, we would love to help you. That's virtually, that's in person. Um, We have worked with people from all over the world who have found us and we are very grateful for that. So if you listen to this podcast and you appreciate what we're doing, you found it helpful, you think others would find it helpful, please share it. Please write us a a good review. Um, and then reach out to us, give us feedback. We would uh, love to know what you think. Maybe if there's there's topics that you want us to discuss, uh, we would love your feedback. And as always, it's our mission to empower everyone with headaches and migraines to break free from this life of fear and dependence and thrive in everything you do. Thanks for listening.